Brad and Fritz, Brad and Fritz, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast. We are glad you are with us here. We're live in the 1.30 to 2.30 or so Eastern hour, beginning here on Tuesday. What do you think uh, we give old Park Pewterbaugh a little ringy ding and uh, get him to to talk about the uh, Jan Wenner crisis? <laughs> used to, yeah, Jan used to, used to be <laughs> Park's boss for, for a little while when he, he wrote for them. Uh, by the way, Jan Winner, now a Jan loser. Winner now a loser. <laughs> he, uh, uh, that whole thing was was nuts. And there was I just remember Park telling us the story about he was writing a a piece about Duran Duran, and and <laughs> Jan Winner was like, "What? Seriously, Duran Duran?" <laughs> well, let me give you the uh, let me give you the uh, fairly feminist view of this story. You may know it, and if you don't know it, uh, we're gonna we're gonna skew you. Okay. Last week, Jan Wenner, co-founder of Rolling Stone and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, made the kind of declaration that only an elderly, wealthy white man, one whose legacy has left little room for anyone but fellow elderly, wealthy white men, could, while promoting his book called The Masters. Neither women nor black artists, he claimed to the New York Times in a long interview, were, quote, articulate enough for him to uh, interview Fort. In other words, he spoke in his book, he wrote in his book of the seven philosophers of rock, kind of the Mount Rushmore of rock, according to Jan Wenner, founder of Rolling Stone and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They are Bob Dylan, John Lennon. Mick Jagger, Pete Townsend, Jerry Garcia, Bono, and Bruce Springsteen. The next day, he offered a lame apology, clarifying that the uh, artist selections for the book were based on their impact on his world as opposed to the world. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame board said, "Uh uh-uh, you're gone. By Monday, which is yesterday as we speak, he was also publicly denounced by Rolling Stone, which is now, I believe, edited by his son. They're acting as if they, they, they're playing the Trump game. Never heard of him. Don't know him. Wouldn't don't know who that him. is. I haven't even yeah. met him. Yeah, never met him. They do not reflect his comments, the values or editorial practices of today's Rolling Stone. So that's where... This is now it was uh, so, he was challenged by this as to why there's no women on there. Yeah. And then he said, they're, or, they're or, just not on. Well, there's no. And then he said, well, the women just aren't on an intellectual level with me or with the other people. And they go, really? Like Joni Mitchell? And, no, and he by goes, the way, no, 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 no black people. No, Jimi yeah. Hendrix. No, Curtis Mayfield. No, Stevie Wonder. He, had, he in fact called Stevie Wonder basically an idiot. Stevie Wonder. How do, you work up, how do you work up a lather over Stevie Wonder? Oh, what a dumbass that guy is. Do you know he's blind as a bat? Well, you know, there's people who have said he's kind of faking it over the years. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's been using that. Yeah. The people had to meet a couple of criteria, but it was just kind of my personal interest and love of them. That's Jan Winter speaking to the Times and the way he 
chose his subjects. Then he got more specific, claiming no female or black artist met his own myopic criteria as they were, quote, not articulate enough on this intellectual level. Wow, we're moving into Jimmy the Greek territory here, aren't we? <laughs> Just gets kicked off. Yeah, they, they weren't bred to be smart. No, they were bred to be uh, decent guitar players and you know, write a few songs here or there, but definitely not on the level of the, uh, the other folks. So he says, look, it's not that they're inarticulate, although go have a deep conversation with Grace Slick or Janis Joplin. Please be my guest. Okay, now, I'm, I'm, now is, yeah. is that self-irony? Is of course Janis Joplin's been dead for fifty years. It'd be fairly difficult to have a conversation with Janis yeah. Joplin, right? And uh, you know, Grace Slick, what's the point? <laughs> you know, Joni Mitchell was not a philosopher of rock and roll. She didn't, in my mind, meet that test. And, you know, it is amazing how many years we are into Trump world, and you see the pattern. Over and over again, even by someone who, you know, politically is not a supporter of Donald Trump, probably hates his guts, thinks he's a, you know, would say all the right things if you asked him about Donald Trump. But when it comes to trying to dig yourself out of a hole, it's the Donald Trump playbook, right? He doubled down. He tried to explain. It's, he uh... didn't just say, you know. I hadn't even given it a thought. It was kind of a thoughtless thing. And back in the 60s and, and 70s, since rock and roll was dominated so much by, by white males, and I was part of that world, I guess all these years later, I was uh, thoughtless and in, in not revived. There were a hundred things he could have said instead of, well, you know, they, they, just, they just didn't, uh, they didn't have the goods. They, they, they didn't. They didn't well, it's a complete lack of reflection. I mean, he, he's such a privileged white guy. And it's just like people, I might be coming off as like an asshole white guy. Maybe I should tone it down a little. Oh, no. He plows forward. Right, that's so the beauty of him. I will I will uh, dash off yeah. a, a message to, to Park. And uh, unless he has been threatened by the Jan Wenner police, I'm sure he will feel free to speak on the well, subject. A, remember, the, if it's the Trump playbook, guys like Park Pewterbaugh just will they, they will not want to speak about the subject. And that, that's, you know, that's not going to happen. There's new music from the Rolling Stones. First time in many years the Rolling Stones have put out some new tunes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that was, uh, that was at the top of today's list. Uh, other things. Ray Epps, Into the Weeds. Ugh. <laughs> Howard Stern's latest divorce. Yeah. And Tim Scott, phony and idiot, and off brand, on brand. Jeepers. Uh, do, the, do the Ray Epps one. Might as well start right at the beginning on that one. Okay. Well, this has been the guy that the crazy ass right wingers, including Tucker Carlson, have accused of being an FBI plant. Is that correct? You are exactly right. Oh, wise one, even though I don't consider you articulate enough to even speak to. <laughs> That's probably about right, though, if you look at it. From uh, Ryan Riley of NBC News. 
Ray Epps, a January 6th participant whose removal from the FBI's capital violence webpage sparked conspiracy theories, led as much by anyone as Tucker Carlson would ever lead a conspiracy theory, that he was a federal informant, right? He was charged in connection with the attack on the Capitol today being Tuesday. He's charged with one misdemeanor count, disorderly or disruptive conduct on restricted grounds, charged by information suggesting that he plans to enter a plea deal. Not long after he was charged, a virtual plea agreement hearing was set for Wednesday, September 20th. The criminal information charges that Epps did knowingly and with intent to impede and disrupt the orderly conduct of the government, its business and official functions engage in disorder. Okay, so this is kind of interesting in that I guess Ray Epps can now relax because at least it looks like for sure he was not a government plant, right? He was just a son of a bitch asshole like all these other morons. Like the rest of them. (laughs) Isn't that great? Isn't that good for him? Wow. He's still suing Tucker Carlson for accusing him of being something apparently even worse than a an insurrectionist which is being a government informant which he clearly was not unless well, that he had to move or something or keep his family on the lam because of uh, sure. these idiotic accusations from trucker carlson and the ilk but, so he actually moves from a list that he was never on which is a a list of government informants onto a list that includes uh, other folks who if trump were to be elected president he might get a pardon so he, he's moved from the informant list to the pardon list. How about that? You like See, that? I just I feel like this is not going to satisfy these idiots, though. They're going to be like, oh, this, it's oh, a fake. These are, they're no, not they're, really they're, doing they're, they're, Exactly. They're indicting him not because yeah. they think he really is uh, guilty of these crimes, but they're indicting him to make us look bad. Okay, because he's one of them. You you get to see this. I I haven't heard anybody talk about this. I'm I'm just reading the first the first uh, edition of of this story as it comes out. But uh, and and one of the other problems is, of course, why did it take so long for them to charge? They're onto that. Yeah. So, well, this is weird. You just don't hear Tucker Carlson's name that much anymore. No, he's. When he when they he's, when they smashed him when they smacked him and they fired him they're like oh god he's gonna leave a it's a new media revolution Fox is gonna be so sorry and it's all it's all over for them and you just wait and then ah that 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 one video with Tucker and and Donald Trump it's the most viewed video of all time that's what he actually said Trump actually said that was the most viewed video of all time by the way because they did the thing where they had the two hundred by the way million. you know what all these weeks later it still is. Ray Epps Epps filed a defamation lawsuit against Fox and former host Tucker Carlson for spreading the conspiracy theory suggesting that Epps was some sort of agent of the federal government. Representatives for Fox News and for Tucker Carlson didn't immediately respond to requests for comment today upon the indictment. The unsupported notion that Epps was some sort of government agent who was inciting the mob to storm the Capitol has become widely accepted in right-wing circles, and even members of Congress have raised the Epps case during congressional hearings. Of course they have. Have they? 
Dominic Pizzola, member of the Proud Boys, who got 10 years for his actions, even invoked Epps' name at trial. It never stops. It never stops. It it never will stop. But we wish uh, Mr. Epps uh, all the the best, and uh, it looks like he's going to plea this one out, and uh, off he'll go. So he he kept telling name. them, no, I'm, I'm an asshole insurrectionist like you people are. No, you're not. You're a fake. No, really, I am. I'm just as big an asshole as you people are. No, you're not. <laughs> now, he's, now he's on board with them. That's great. All right, Howard. The, uh, Howard, yeah, Howard turns horses again. Uh-huh. Tim Scott, phony and idiot, or on brand, off brand. Do the do the Howard Stern one. Okay, here we go. Because I I saw he, he criticized Lauren Boebert, and you know if this was like twenty eight years ago, he would have invited her to be Miss Howard Stern on the show. Howard Stern now says he's no longer friends with Bill Maher, or as they uh, said on CBS News on the hour, Bill Maher. apparently several times according to our source right what was the uh, what was the thing that uh, michael said i used to call him jay leno didn't he call him jay leno all the time well my dad used to call uh a man who used to be a former president ronald reagan but i think that's how his name was pronounced until it was 50 or something that's right yeah yeah um Howard declares he's no longer friends with Bill Maher after Bill took aim at Howard's continuous talking about his wife on the air. Bill made comments about Howard on this week's edition of his uh, popular podcast called Club Random, in which he said Stern always talks about his wife, Beth Stern. Maher took issue with Stern asking if he would ever settle down with someone citing that Stern had been married before. So what a great defense that one is by Marr, that he has never been married. And Howard Stern, and just forget what you think of Howard, Stern has no standing to ask, why don't you settle down, Bill? Because Howard Stern has been divorced once. Therefore, you have no right. Okay, all right. But isn't that part of the Bill Marr shtick is that the rest of the universe is pussy whipped. He's the only guy in existence that isn't. Absolutely. Isn't that, that I mean, that's part of his deal, right? Right. So Bill Maher says, how does this gushing about the second wife, how does that make the first wife feel? Can we just not gush about the person while the other person can still hear it? That is so great that <laughs> Bill Maher is standing up for Allison. I don't know if she goes by the last name Stern anymore. I don't think she does. Divorced for how long? What, 20 years? 25 I years? I believe she's happily remarried and living somewhere right. in a huge mansion on Long Island. And, and I don't think I don't. She must be crushed every time Howard Stern says that he, he loves his current <laughs> wife. That's got to kill her. Why do I think that she doesn't have Sirius XM and tune over to Howard 100 or whatever the fuck it is and just right. cry her eyes out while Howard gushes over whatever Beth or whatever the woman's name is? So, so on one of uh, Howard Stern's, I think he's doing what about three shows per month every thirty days. You know, it's about one in every ten days. <laughs> if, he was that. actually on today before us in the, in the morning. Okay, and uh, 
apparently they'd had a, a rocky relationship, but they patched things up. And then Howard goes off. He said, what a sexist thing to say. Like, what a convoluted, nutty thing to say. It's assuming that he knows something about my first marriage, that, of course, the man must be leaving the woman, and the woman must be devastated and be sitting around pining away for her famous man. He ought to shut his mouth. <laughs> uh, this is like the only time that we would ever really stand up for Howard Stern, because this is just so stupid. Because Bill Maher well, is... Well, because if, if Bill Maher... Yeah, who has already dug himself another hole to try to climb out of here because uh, last week he was going to break the writer's strike as a, a member of the Writers Guild himself and do his show without writers. And then when he figured out that if he did that, and I'm sure this is the real reason that he decided to do a 180 like Drew Barrymore, um. No one would go on his show on a panel. No one would cross the picket line to be with him. And then what happens? You're, who would you get? Who, who are you down to? Uh, that's got to be part of it. But he also realizes what a just a stupid mistake of the contrarian that he was making. Um, so what does he do? He talks about Howard Stern talking about his wife. Would I love to hear Howard Stern continue? No, I don't care. But you know what? So what? It's his show. Of course. If he wants to talk about his damn wife, he, you, you can't. You know, you, she's you a pay the ten. You what pay the you 10 bucks a month or you don't, you know? Yeah. And if you don't, yeah. you block the channel and you listen to 90s at 9 or whatever the hell you listen to. So Howard <laughs> says he reached out to Bill Maher about the comments. And Howard said, I did something I've never done before. I, I wrote in an email. I said, why don't you uh, give me a phone call, Bill? Why don't you tell me what you think about my life and my marriage since yeah. you you know? Of course, he never wrote back. I just want to see how brave he was, if he was brave enough to call me. And you know what? This really does match up with Oberman's view on Bill Maher, doesn't it? It does. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. There's no... There's no getting out. Allison Burns, by the way, is what the ex-wife goes by now. Allison Burns is what she goes by. I Thank wish you. we that's helpful to the show and to the audience. Is, and that, that everybody very, we learned her can, last name. You can you can look 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 that up by yourself. I would like to see the old Howard Stern get into like a real war, like he used to get with the disc jockeys, where he would want to violate like the like I'm gonna I'm gonna violate Bill Maher's dead mother or something like that. that that's what you want, right? You want to see he the old Howard do Stern that back. anymore though. Well, now he can he bring it back. Like, the fight is over. This is a fight over Howard defending his right, as if he needs to defend his right, to talk about how much he loves his wife. Okay. It's a different era. It's a different century, isn't it? I, I still want the old Howard Stern back. I still want, like, that guy, the awful, ter like, it just, just killing uh, Bill Maher with the most vicious attacks possible. That's what I'm hoping will come out of this whole situation. I don't think it's going to happen. He'll he'll move on. Uh, he wants to. He wants Mars to. Mars got his own much. problems right now. I've, I, you know, he's. You know, what do the other writers on that show think of him? Right when it, when it's time to come back. Plus, I don't know if he's realized it, but he's working for fucking idiots. I don't know if you've noticed, but Warner Brothers Discovery are a bunch of morons. I, I don't know if you've gotten that. Well, here's the question. We don't know the answer to this. I'll ask it. Do you think that he was doing a full 100% suck-up to the bosses 
at Warner Bros. Discovery, which owns HBO and yeah. is one of the you know the five big negotiators, of course, in the writers' strike. Right? It's 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 them. It's it's Paramount. It's Disney. It's yeah. Amazon. Netflix. It's it's Apple. Yeah. Um, so I, he was doing exactly what that date was. What uh, what Lauren Bobert was doing to her date in that theater. That's what he was he was doing to David Zaslav. Isn't that the guy the from Warner Brothers? Warner yeah. Bros. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what he was doing. He's reaching across the aisle there and rubbing him, rubbing yeah. the crotch. Right. How, how well does that usually work out? Terribly, terribly, and it's and it's just like the weird because again, part of his whole thing is damn the man, and I'm anti-establishment. Here you are sucking the dick of this this multi-billionaire who gets right. you know seventy billion dollars in bonus checks every year while he's trying to break a union. So it's not a great look for you, Bill. All right, that is a perfect chance for us to do the segue. And by the way, remember, Johnny Carson was the prince of segues, if you was good. recall that. Very was good. good. No, one, no one better than, than Johnny. And even when he sucked at it, he would say he was, and it was funny. But I got to tell you, I got tired of hearing how much he loved that third or the fourth wife, one of those. I got sick of it. Johnny? Was that Joanne? Joanna? Her jo- Joan. Or jo- <laughs> you know what we know how old you are if you get that yeah that's we right we know how old you are <laughs> that's a current reference yeah, yeah. this uh, lets us tim segue scott. yes yeah, here's here's the segue tim scott said that if he was president he would uh try to fire all the members of the uaw the united auto workers who are on strike yeah. Over their dispute with the auto manufacturers, wow. channeling Ronald Reagan and what he did with the air traffic controllers many, many years ago. I think it was his first year in office in, in 81. That was one of his first moves, yeah. right, Reagan? It was, yeah. This was at a town hall in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Mm-mm-mm. Fort Dodge, I think, is up in the, the upper left-hand corner, if I recall. God, nobody but, lives there. Yeah. Uh, isn't it uh, Fort Stellantis now? <laughs> I see what you did there. The you, you see, there's a car company. It's not Dodge. It's Stellantis. I get it. Yeah. Tim Scott delivered an apparent call to fire the uh, UAW workers on strike at a town hall in Fort Dodge yesterday, Monday, where he was asked if he, as president, would involve himself in the current labor talks. His answer, quote, I think Ronald Reagan gave us a great example when federal employees decided they were going to strike. It was such a great example that today, right now, the airports in the United States of America are not running as they should because they do not have enough air traffic controllers because in 40 years, it has been impossible to replenish the ranks when you fire 12 or 15,000 people at once who have an impossibly difficult skill to learn. No, you don't just uh, uh, open up a notebook for three days and learn how to be an air traffic controller. It takes years of, of training, and the pressure, as you know, is unbelievable. And the air traffic control system of this country has never recovered. And we are so lucky that planes haven't been running. Oh, wait, they are running into each other. Usually it's on the on the runways. Yeah, that's generally what happens. But what, that's the legacy of of Reagan firing the air traffic controllers and, of course, beginning 
to accelerate the uh, downward spiral of union membership in the country. That's a great, that's a great, fantastic legacy to want to lop onto, Tim Scott, because since the Republicans have been posing as the working man's party for all these years, since the chief poser in the history of posers, Donald Trump, somehow has working people at way too high of a level thinking he's on their side, well, you got to outdo him, right, Tim Scott? So he says, you strike, you're fired. To the extent that we can use that once again, absolutely. Let's let's fire him. Which, which and let me can't... get my numbers right here. It was a bit more than 11,000 members of what was then called uh, uh, PATCO, Professional Air Traffic Controllers Association. And, this is uh, the. Course, um... It was. We have to be fair. Reagan had good reason to fire them because they were striking for improved wages and shorter hours. Oh and fuck! What are them. the auto workers? Oh. What are the auto workers looking for, Britt? Go improved ahead, wages, shorter hours, and an end of that two-tier system, and yes. more health care, more health with their help with their insurance. Boo! Boo! Uh, guess is... who yeah. is taking the side? sort of of the workers this time around trump he'll yeah. do whatever transactional thing he thinks yeah but will set him apart well you heard that uh in the pod save america they had some sort of thing some sort of survey of unionized household that said four out of ten union members voted for trump in 20 uh in 2020 way too high yeah it is for a guy that's trying to destroy unions um, this is the New York Times version of the Tim Scott story. Mr. Scott's campaign emphasized the rest of his answer, his rejection of taxpayer funding for any deal, and said the Reagan portion had referred to federal workers, not the UAW, but it declined to respond on the record when asked why he had brought up Reagan's firing of federal workers if it had no relevance to the UAW dispute. Uh, Britt, I can answer that very quickly. The answer is because he didn't know. He's ignorant. <laughs> he had no knowledge of the fact that yes whatever you think of reagan and i think a lot of reagan in a lot of things uh he did have the technical right to fire the federal workers and no people who build jeeps and chevys and mustangs are not federal workers and tim scott didn't know that he was just trying to get a good one-liner off in front of the the town hall in fort dodge should be fort stalensis iowa that's the reason for that. That's so, I know now, he's like, if, does he, if, he, they, if he really thinks that like Ford can just fire these people, <laughs> if he really thinks that GM can just fire these people. Uh... Well, um, I, I've always had this problem with the word layoffs because uh, th there are a lot of stories about layoffs going on right now associated with the auto industry. I don't know where these are direct auto workers but the companies are starting to lay other people off because if these targeted strikes uh, shut down a couple of plants that are all interconnected then the other plants aren't going to keep employing the other people and keep paying them the hourly wage so um but those are the companies that would be doing the fire it wouldn't be the government that's the point right isn't that the point you, do you still feel that organized labor is kind of having a moment right now? 
Well, I don't think they have that much leverage. The, the, the auto workers don't have that much leverage because of the mix of cars that are being bought right now and the commitment by the companies to electric vehicles, which is huge. They're spending billions and billions to convert over, and we know what that means. It means fewer auto workers. It takes fewer auto workers to build electric cars. They have fewer parts. They're kind of easier to build, I guess, in, in a way, with, with fewer workers, so the workers don't want that. But if you look at auto industry employment, you know, 30 years ago, there were probably a half million auto workers. Now there's about, about 100,000 or so. Mm-hmm. So it's been going away anyway. It's another one of those issues. And by the way, a lot of that went to foreign countries. Exactly. Uh, a lot of cars are built in Mexico. A lot of cars are built in Canada. Yeah, they are. It, it, it does happen. So I don't know whether they have the leverage unless they think that their leverage is, if you don't give us what we want, we're going to completely destroy the company. And at least that way, the CEO won't get paid $30 million a year. And I, think, but I, I think that's the point. Whether we're, whether we're talking about the, you know, the, the UAW strike or we're talking about the SAG-AFTRA strike, it's like, could we, we just want to get to a point where maybe the CEO of these companies can get by with a $10 million bonus a year. Can we, can we do that? Can we that's what we're going towards i i get i get that but but you know damn well that that's not going to make your life any better but there's getting not as as a worker we're getting you're not going to do better if david zaslov you're a writer on some comedy show and you're on strike right now. but they've made the point many times that what they're asking for is half of what x bonus was for this executive they've made that point many times on the in the sag after strike and mostly what this does is to recast everything as what the Republicans are on the side of management. Democrats are the workers. That's what it, that's what it does to a lot of people. And a lot of people are out there realizing I'm a worker, as it turns out. I probably should be on the side of the workers. I know, but people who work in television in the industry and, and who write, I don't think are thought of as workers in the same way, certainly as 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 auto workers, they're doing something that's a very privileged thing. They get to sit in a room and write stuff and and do jokes, like on the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay, they just throw jokes at each other. But you're that's you're a, hearing, but you're hearing job. all these. Well, but you're hearing all of these stories about these people that are broke. They've they've sold multi million dollar pilots, and they they have to work a couple jobs, and they're not doing well. Oh, I understand. I I. I I fully understand. I, so the fantasy that these people who write a huge pilot get a hit show or something like that, and then they're sitting pretty for a while, that's not necessarily the case. No. No. And look, uh, you know what this is? This is like a a 50 or 60 year later version of what happened in the music industry in the, in mm-hmm. the 50s and 60s when all these artists yeah. were getting nothing for their work. You know, Little Richard, Fats yeah. Domino people like that they were just getting ripped off by the by the record companies uh bill haley i'm sure probably made five bucks from rock around the clock or something right probably got nothing um because they had these contracts that that gave them i don't know probably one cent for every ten thousand records sold i'm just trying to to imagine how it might have been been uh, written back then and now all these years later because 
uh, TV isn't TV anymore. First TV wasn't TV when cable came along, but they adjusted pretty well to that. The economics worked. They worked when when uh, cable networks came along because they they did have a strike or two, and they did make the adjustments so that royalties would be paid, attention would be paid. But then when streaming came along, it all blowed up, just uh-huh. like in the music industry. Mm-hmm. When, when streaming and downloading came along, it all blowed up for the producers, for the workers, for the artists. And uh, in this case, it's, it's for the actors and the, the writers. The directors already made a deal, but what's the difference? They've, they've got a deal, but they got nothing to direct. They got no scripts and no actors to direct. So, I mean, it, it's right now, we don't notice it all that much. I think by the beginning of the year, it'll, it'll start to become noticeable when people start saying, ah, Oh, there's nothing on TV. There's nothing new on TV. Well, in this case, it actually will be true. People say that all the time anyway. There's surely not going to be anything on TV. Uh, I, I, think thought- I think they've said that all of all of the Monday Night Football things are going to be on, C- on simulcast on ABC now. Uh, Britt, that, you're, you're thinking that's an act of desperation to fill in <laughs> three another hours. night of programming on the ABC television network, which is up for sale right now. There's a for sale sign in the in the front yard on on uh, fifth avenue in manhattan if you want it you know this is a big you know this is a big win for a little thing i like to call wrestling which lies outside of the sag after guidelines you're Wait, getting so new- the writers for the the writers who write the the scripts for wrestling they're not in the writers guild. they are not unionized the performers are not unionized you are seeing some people who are part of the union come back to wrestling shows his name is dwayne johnson you may have heard of him he was mm-hmm. on friday night on smackdown on network television and a guy named john cena also made another appearance we're looking for dave batista mr batista aisle four Aisle four. He'll be coming back to the fold pretty soon because he's got nothing else to do. Well, I thought I saw the apocalypse Sunday night when it must have been 630 or 7 o'clock. And I think the football games were starting to wind up, you know, for 60 minutes. They don't say it anymore the way they used to back in in the good old days when America was great, when Pat Summerall would go, 60 minutes will be seen at its regular time (laughs) on the West Coast and right after the game here on CBS. Remember they used to say that? I do remember that. Remember that. Don't bother. Um, Yeah, Pat Summerall would sub her up for two minutes so he could plug the uh, 60 minutes and go right back to boozing it right there in the old booth. What what good did that do? (laughs) This gives me... This who, did you, me who did you bet? Does this make you feel better that you're not an alcoholic and he was? <laughs> it, does, hey, actually, it actually does. Uh, this gives me another chance to plug the excellent book, The Man Who Broke Capitalism, about Jack Welch by David Gellis. You David get royalties on this? I this am. Is why you're plugging? Uh, well, CEOs, when uh, he started as uh, CEO of General Motors or General Electric, as you know, in 1981, were making pretty good money. But by the time he finished in 2001, it was many multiples of what the average worker was making. And he was revered as a god, not only among the Forbes and Wall Street Journal crowd, but also in business schools across America. It's a very interesting read or a listen. David Gellis, the man who broke capitalism, all about Until Jack. He was exposed later on as the fucking phony that he was but that's a different book isn't it? <laughs> that is a completely different book also he was responsible because general electric was a very revered company at one point in time 
he, he was responsible for shipping a lot of jobs overseas, putting them right over there. We're not going to have workers here doing that. We're going to have them over there. The doing share it. price went through the roof. That's all it matters. You probably knew this. I didn't no, know I, that. I thought I thought Sunday night. Yeah, I was seeing the apocalypse because it was uh, right before seven o'clock, and I've you know I've got cable, so you know you get the the channel grid. Yeah, so you can see what's on at once. And I'm looking, and there's uh, channel seven, which where we live is the uh, ABC station, and at uh, seven o'clock at that moment on was America's Funniest Home Videos. No, I wonder, wonder about the rest of the evening. At 8 o'clock, it was America's Funniest Home Videos. At 9 o'clock, another edition of America's Funniest Home Videos. And at 10 o'clock, that valuable time when the kids are already in bed, yeah. and you put those adult dramas on, it's America's Funniest Home Videos. That's right. They, that, that is tantamount to running infomercials for Larry King Dick Cream. Okay, you've given up. It's over. You have nothing. Now, that's aside from my uh, esoteric question of how is that show still on? It goes back to the time when everybody had video cameras cameras that were, you know, that were the size of a washing machine. And it was an interesting thing to see some guy get hit in the nuts. I believe that I can explain to you. I I believe I can explain to you why that show is uh, still on the air. It's cheap as fuck. I know that. I understand that. But th- I know. But it costs uh, them nothing. Thank you. Thank you for explaining <laughs> the economics of television to me, Britt. I didn't know that. It costs it them should, jack no, Brit, shit. Britt, Britt, Britt. This was once a crown jewel of American broadcasting, the American Broadcasting Company. And they're reduced to running four back to back to back to back episodes of America's Funniest Home Videos. It's. It's just over. Do you know how close CBS is to bringing back the CBS mystery movie at 1135? Do you know how close we are to seeing Macmillan and wife and McLeod back to back? They're they're doing something very, very clever. You see, on Sunday nights at uh, 8 o'clock, they're going to run that Yellowstone show. Yeah, I saw that. Which, where did that first run? Uh, it, was on, it was on the Paramount Network, maybe, or one of those. Well, there was no Paramount Network five years ago. So so it was on, what, TBS yeah. or something? Yeah. Mm, I, it was on some, but it, I, everybody was streaming it. So, yeah, I don't know right. what network it was on originally, but it was theirs. Right. But now CBS is going to uh, – so they've got years of that to, to well, run every Sunday night. And you want to talk about cheap, how about zero? Well, they've to, got that. Yeah, they've that. already paid for it. That's what they're doing. They're just – they're just filling in the time. They're just filling in the time. It's going to be interesting to see. But that, So if you're a writer or a, an actor, you have no leverage here. I don't think, except for the fact that if this goes on long enough, you know, it's, it's just over and everybody will just listen to podcasts. <laughs> I right? read okay. books. I'm okay I don't know. with that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Serious XM satellite. You know, who, you know what network? You know what network becomes the big winner in this? I think Turner Classic Movies. Okay. Oh because yeah. This, this gives you a real reason. Yeah. This gives you a real reason to to check out all these movies that you've never seen in your life. After they had the, heard the... of great movies, and then when they come up, 
Yeah, the yeah, controversy yeah. over that when David Zaslav tried to fuck that thing over a few months ago, yeah. too. Uh, you know what? Inadvertently, he's lucky that he didn't. Yeah. That he didn't blow it and up. And that's completely. the beauty of America. No matter how stupid and fucked up you are as a CEO, you can land on your feet. And that's why I love this country. That's why I love it so much. Jesus. David hmm. Zaslav. Uh, all right. And one, one last thing here. On brand, off brand. Russell Brand. Russell Brand. And if you notice how everything, and I don't want to say that uh, Bill Maher is the flywheel here on all this stupid shit, Kinda but is. Bill Maher had Russell Brand on, that was last year, I think. Yeah. And Russell Brand was so fucked up and so full of conspiracy theories, and Maher should have never had him on. He should have never, and by the way, I hate the uh, verbing of nouns. I hate that a platform used to be your principles expressed in a paper or a book. That's my platform. Now you platform people. It's a verb. It's just like I used to go to a party, but now I party my ass off, right? It's so lazy. I hate it. But anyway, Bill Maher platformed Russell Brand. Uh, which is just a small part of the story. Apparently, this guy has raped and pillaged for years. Allegedly. Yeah. Is he going to sue us, Britt? <laughs> Allegedly. He's only... I, I've, I mean, the story was breaking over the weekend. He tried to preemptively get out there because they, they, some of these British tabloids called him up and said, hey, we have these stories of these women that you raped. So what this has turned into is that apparently there was a meeting among the media. I don't know who these people are. Maybe this gets back to the Jews. I'm not sure. And they decided that Russell Brand was such a, a threat to the mainstream media and that people were listening to him instead of CNN or CBS News or whatever, that they had to go ahead and get these women to make up these stories about being oh, raped yeah, by that, Russell that, Brown. So, so the listen to the women component of the last few years, that's gone by the boards because it's Russell Brand. He he had to be taken down, right? It's well, it's him and it's Rogan. You know, they're they're they, by God, they're trying to get Rogan. They're having quarterly, you know, conference calls to try to how to fuck up Joe Rogan's life. The remaining three dates on Russell Brand's stand-up comedy tour in the UK have been called off. You mean he was there last week and we didn't go see him? Shit, I could have seen him last you week. Seen I could have seen his last Damn. shows Bad. ever. Oh, my God, I've, uh. I've blown it. That's like being able to watch the Beatles on the roof for that final concert in 1970. It could have been there for Russell it's, Brand's last it's exactly. Day. It is exactly the same as the Beatles' roof concert. It is exactly that. In a statement, Promoters said the bipolarization tour dates, that's what he called his tour, the bipolarization tour. That's <laughs> so funny. Including a sold-out show that was going to be tonight. Postponed. Not postponed. Canceled. <laughs> uh, so everybody's dropping him. His publisher's dropping him. His agent's dropping him. Everybody's dropping him. He's He's... He's to, let's put it this way. Louis C.K. is a hundred times more likely to be able to make a full comeback compared to Russell Brand, don't you think? Yeah, I think there's there's a big difference between yeah. 
making someone watch you jack off and actually violating somebody against their will. I'd say that's a bright red line. And I've seen oh, some but- Louis, I've seen some Louis CK uh, stand-up stuff where he goes, let me just give you some advice. Whenever you're masturbating, don't ask if anybody wants to see. <laughs> so he's able to, he's so not, who's he's in not the audience? Make a full Jeffrey comeback Tubin? to be anything like he was. Who is there, Tubin? <laughs> yeah, it was Jerry Tubin. <laughs> so, uh, Russell Brand could also I, I, be facing trouble here in the United States of America. Uh, what's the problem there? Los Angeles Police Department said they don't have any open investigations of Russell Brand, who was accused by a woman of raping her in L.A. in 2012. But over in London, the Metropolitan Police said, you know what? We went by several times that famous rotating sign that you see all yeah. the time. It says the New Scotland Yard. That was cool. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Um, the complaint is separate from the allegations from four women aired in a joint investigation by the Times of London, the Sunday Times. So those are not sleazy tabloids. They're not. And Channel 4 uh, in in Britain. So uh, this is not some crap dragged up from the gutter by the Daily Mail. I think that would be the standard by which you go. Oh, we'll, we'll watch yeah. out. He said there was some 16-year-old that he allegedly groomed and would send. There was a car he was using when he was working for the BBC to go pick her up, which is uh, problematic. Uh, to say the least, I think. I mean, I I thought the guy was funny. He was very funny in the film "Forgetting Cheryl Mar- uh, uh, Sarah Marshall." I thought that was a very funny performance. Uh, get him to the Greek. I thought he was funny in that. I've seen his stand up. His stand up's okay, but the last I don't know fifteen years or, or so, he's just been on this kick about it's the same Joe Rogan stuff. Everybody else is stupid. You're all sheep. I'm the only one that knows the truth. Mm. That 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 whole thing. His agency has uh, fired him. Of course, the tour dates, as we said, are are gone. YouTube has blocked his main channel. That had 6.6 million subscribers. We'll take a million of them. Is that okay? <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's not monetizing anymore on that. So he can't get any money from that. The move will nix a significant source of income for brand, according to the New York Times. A YouTube representative says that Russell Brand was suspended for breaching the platform's creator responsibility policy, which lays out rules for both on and off platform behavior. But he does have a supporter in Elon Musk, I do believe. Isn't that um, correct? I think, yeah, Elon's all on his side and there's a couple other conspiracy. I mean, you, you would literally have to believe what I said, that they're, they're the head honchos, the media committee got together, saw this guy was threatening them and... uh they went to these women that he dated years ago and said, hey, he raped you, didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? That's what you would have to believe. Elon's having a real free speech crisis in his own head is these he? last few years, isn't he? Because is he? he selectively decides the worst examples to stand up for, again, as self-styled contrarian to everything that makes good sense and wants to call out the victimization card and put it on the table on behalf of people like Russell Brand. They're all out to get him, right? Yeah, yeah. And he identifies with him, I guess, at some level. That's uh, just a God almighty. All right. (laughs) It's ridiculous. You got anything else? Uh, Russell Brand, we hardly knew ye. Uh, 